0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Caraway Team podcast here at the Branded Film and Media Studio. We're doing our podcast for the team. We've got Kirsten Price, Curtis Green, and Cade Kate Montgomery. Cade's wearing his uh, nice looking Caraway Team hat. I appreciate that. Curtis usually wears a cowboy hat, but it wouldn't fit in this with these headphones on. And, um, well, it is supposed to rain today. <laughs> oh, so you don't wear your black hat in the rain? Yeah, I try not to got to make it last. Kirsten's hair is looking good. She got her, uh, we've given her a hard time about her nice little wintry uh, turtleneck. She's looking good. And uh, we are so like, really just want to give some insight of what's going on in the real estate market here in Decatur and Wise County and beyond, because we're doing so many different things. Kirsten Price is my residential buyer agent. So she also does a lot of her own listings. But if, if, if somebody comes into me and is looking to buy a house and she's not sure, you know, if I'm not sure if I can take care of them, or if we need to show on the weekend, Kirsten Price is my residential buyer's agent. So Kirsten works all of Wise County. I would say she specializes in Wise County. She has gone outside in the Parker and, you know, some other areas, but, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in your hometown of Runaway Bay, where you're building a house right now. And you're, how, how far are you until you're done?
1: Oh, who
0: knows? So much more. Yeah. Or is it, is it going slow or fast?
1: It's really slow.
0: And that's probably just, Everybody's everybody's complaining about how slow it's going on building, but tell them tell anybody that's listening what's going on in Runaway Bay, Texas, in, in, as a as a buyer's agent.
1: Um. So the inventory is extremely low. If you're thinking about selling, now's the time. We have three active listings.
0: Three active listings in all of Runaway Bay.
1: Yes, and twenty five have sold in the last ninety days.
0: So in the last ninety days, twenty five houses have sold. There's three actives and you have a pocket full of buyers that would just yes. buy anything in runaway bay what what is bringing people to runaway bay in your opinion
1: um uh, it's just out of the city and the lake of course the golf club is um amazing too yeah.
0: and it's it's basically you're getting that lake atmosphere small town feeling and then is it a lot of people wanting to go and move in for bridgeport school district or is it just is it retired couples what are you seeing mostly
1: we're seeing a lot more families move in um so we're we're excited about that for the kids to ride their bikes and which a small town filling
0: everything i can remember like Caden, you know we've played golf out there for years there was always these vacant lots up and down the entire golf course are those filling up yes and who, who's building those just spec home builders or
1: um there's a variety
0: so and then different builders if that's is that what's selling, or is it the older homes? what's what's: okay.
1: I think it's everything, really. I mean, we used to have like 368 lots, and now we've got like 65. It's ridiculous.
0: And that's all happened in the past, how many years?
1: Over the last two years, I would say,
0: Holy moly, 368 lots that could be purchased. now mm-hmm. there's only and now those have all been purchased and filled houses on them.
1: Uh, no, they've been purchased. They've just been
0: purchased? Wow. So that means that many more houses potentially are coming. Yes. So, so are,
2: are,
3: didn't they? weren't they redoing like the clubhouse or what, like a fancy restaurant over there?
1: Or did. something did. Is it nice? Very.
3: Yeah, the owners of that were, you know, Coconowers. They've
0: done uh, outstanding, outstanding jobs. Danielle Coconowers, who I typically speak with, and um, her dad. And so you'll see them up there. And then, the, you know, it seems like they really saw what was potentially coming. Maybe, you know, they Mm -hmm. bought it and said, okay, all this moving people are, you know, we got to do something's got to do something with this. And that seems like they've done a great job. And I think that has, It's ironically, I think it's pretty crazy that you redo that golf course and get that attention. It affects the real estate market. So, you know, that's pretty cool. And then of course the lake, that side of the lake, you get a couple of boat ramps, you get the Marina at the gas station. I've been at that Marina or that boat ramp in the summer and, it was completely full parking lot. I mean, overflow, it seems like a lot of people are using the lake over there. So
2: yes,
0: a little, uh, synopsis of runaway Bay for, in Kirsten's perspective, but she, we were talking to our team meeting, just need inventory. There's not enough people selling their properties out there to, you know, to fulfill the buyer's needs. So if you're even on the fence a little bit, if you have somewhere else to go, or if you don't know where you can go, maybe Kirsten can help you find that. But that is one of the hard problems with buying and selling in residential right now is where is that seller going to go if she he or she does sell her house for the highest top top you know price per square foot ever basically you know where are they going to go so that's something that you're capable of helping them with kind of get creative where that would be and it may be taking your older home and moving to a new construction Mm -hmm. we have opportunity to you know knock on doors and or not say knock on doors meet with our builders and try to see what lots they have available or what they are coming available in The build processes went from like four to five months to about eight or nine months. So that's kind of affecting everything. But it has been a a unique residential world, not just for Runaway Bay, but for all of Wise County. So next would be uh, Curtis Green. Curtis and I have done a podcast together once before. And that was almost, you know, eight months ago or whatever it was. I mean, it was quite a while. But Curtis has done a lot in a short amount of time. He has been able to touch a lot of land in not just wise county but montague park well montague cook jack jack and in in doing a lot of uh, farm and ranch sales so i I refer to him as my farm and ranch specialist but basically yes he's a genius but he also is um he's really good at development so tell everybody a little bit about the development world and what you're seeing what we've been able to do in the past year together
3: so development's been pretty tough um it's it's there's a lot of people out there who have some money that are wanting to get into the investment side of things. And what you're seeing is you're you're not seeing that many development properties come available, whether people are sacking them up before they hit the market or uh, like lately. I've just been going above ask. I mean, even full price cash, you know,
1: sweetening offers, the pot
3: yep. just the best you can going above by 20 percent and still not getting getting the you know, winning the bid, more or less. I mean, the offers are solid offers, um, needing road frontage and that expansion from when I started kind of dabbling into that a little bit, it seemed like you were right here within, you know, five, ten miles of Decatur and, and that expansion it's just it just keeps creeping up. So uh north. now, yeah, especially north. I mean, that's mainly where where I'm I mainly focus at is is, you know, north of decatur north north northeast of decatur um i live just south of st joe in Montague county i've done a little bit of work in Montague county as far as the development stuff goes but it seems like the forestberg area has just been blowing up um alvord and north of alvord up it's getting closer to sunset it's creeping up towards Bowie. i mean it you know, people are willing to make the, make the trip. I think a, a lot of that's dealing with, well, we, we don't have to go to to the office as often as we used to or, or whatever. And that's driving the, the um, that's driving the development world to purchasing more uh, on those outer perimeters and those outer perimeters are growing. So, um, you know, we, the price per acre, even on larger tracks, is is continuing to increase at a significant rate. As you're starting to get out there to those to those kind of borders, you know, properties that may have sold for two thousand an acre, you know, just two two to three years ago, um, you know, there may be seventy five hundred acre, hundred and fifty acre tracks or something like that, and and man, now it's you know, 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, how much road frontage, how pretty is the property? What kind of obstacles do you have as far as, uh, you know, from a development minded person, what do we have to, uh, what do we have up against us? We have a bunch of pipelines. How about washouts and, you know, drainage issues? Um, are we having, you know, do you have the beauty of, uh, of having a pond, you know, Mm -hmm. on the property or multiple ponds on the property? Um, it takes it takes a certain amount of road frontage for every single lot and the not everything is a development property yeah, i so, think I
0: was about to say that it's basically people will think that their little their lot that their piece of 100 acres that barely touches any road frontage that touches this much compared to this much that piece that touches this much of 100 acres and it's all in the back of somebody else's property is not the same value or price per acre as something that's all road frontage on two sides. Right. And people are trying to sell things at a very high price per acre because they, well, my, I saw down my road, my, my neighbor sold this, but, but sir, that's a, it's a little bit, it, it's a majorly different, right. Um, you know, property.
3: Now there, there's, there's certainly no two properties are the same, mm-hmm. but there's a huge difference in the price per acre of something that, that, uh, an investor or developer can purchase that, and then they put in their time, they put in their money, they put in their effort um, in developing that property. It's not something that you can just go into and and you know in three months be selling selling two acre lots and getting that premium price that they see. Oh well, that's it's not the case. Even if a developer may buy in at at eight to nine, maybe ten thousand dollars an acre, and then they've got who knows how many depending on what kind of development you know you have to go through the plotting process with the county do you have to do drainage easements uh, we got hit with a, a different thing it's called a um, breach of dam analysis for inundation zones that mm-hmm. that caused uh, some major setbacks with one of the developments we have going right now uh, they worked through it it was more expensive you know you're paying them engineers you're paying you're taking the risk they're take. they're willing to take the risk. And so that's where the um, that's why they're investors. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you're investing in something, there is some risk involved. Um, And, you know, some people, maybe they can do it on their own, but to be able to do it on your own, you got to go into it knowing there's a lot more that goes into it than just you know saying oh well I want to sell two acre tracks or I want to sell five acre tracks yep. because I can get more money per acre.
0: Well, so. I think that's the beauty of what you know Curtis and I were able to do this year or the past couple of years is we can be your essentially a consultant you know and help because we if we don't bring enough value to these sellers or these potential buyers as to what we think you can cut it up as per the count, uh, the county rules and guidelines. Or what we think we could sell each tract or lot. After that, we we've, we've been able to get more listings because we bring that to the to the value. Bring that to the table is, hey, if you buy it this way, you can subdivide it this way, or you can sell if you sell your land this way. Because there, in the past five years, I, I, if it was a hundred acres, I wouldn't even beginning. You know, I wasn't saying, hey, instead of just selling a hundred acres as a whole, let's, you know, cut it up. Now it's basically, Hey, if you want to maximize your asset, we can help you out. You know, and that's one thing that Curtis and I have been dealing with, with not just, you know, studying the rules and guidelines that you've done, but basically now we've got experience, you know, we've done it. We've been through the hardest of the hardest and in coming out on top. And that's one thing I would say is that if you're, you know, thinking about buying or selling in our market or in our area, might want to consult somebody that's actually been through it and kind of knows what how sure. to bring value yeah. to the table.
3: And and I'll say that like uh, we see some realtors that aren't from around here say they come out of the metroplex and they're they're posting a property, and yeah, it sounds right. I mean, everything sounds good. And yeah, it's to the to the landowner themselves. I'm sure they're thinking, man, you know, that's a pretty good amount of money. Well, if you're getting multiple offers in one day, multiple cash offers in one day, and those and you know, if twenty percent over in a cash offer does not get the bid, did they market it right? Is that their marketing strategy? Right. You know, or 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 what what what's going on there? Did they use the right realtor and maximize that asset? Sure. Yeah, and because you they know, left some money on the table potentially, and and very well in that circumstance, they might have got the most amount of money they were going to get out of that because it did turn into a a. Uh, because of the feeding frenzy that is going on right now for investment properties. Yeah. They're going to get the, they're going to wind up getting what the mm-hmm. property is actually valued at. Um Because when they call for highest and best and, and you've got people who have the cash to spend on it, they're going to say, okay, well, what kind of margins am I willing to take? What are my minimum margins? This is where I see it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they throw a little bit of buffer in there, but I mean, it, they're, they right now you it's hard to go wrong if you're selling that and, and actually putting it out there on the marketplace. Um, but then again, if you just take the first offer that comes in, um, you know how much are you selling yourself short yep. uh, at the same time so and that's not that's for developable pieces of property right.
0: and we're still doing 40 acre tracks that are just long and skinny and we're still selling those for the highest price per acre ever. we have two listings going live tomorrow in Alboard isd or Alboard school district and stuff that I can't believe it's worth it, but it is based on the comparable market analysis and the improvements and the lack of demand or lack of supply and high demand. So I'm really excited to see how those go. Oh, you know, absolutely. Not just our development stuff, even just our random farm and ranches with some houses on them or whatever. Oh We're, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, uh, Kirsten and I, we, we listed those residentials, you know, houses in town, three hundred three hundred thousand 300,000 and under in Wise County or Decatur is just a, should go just fine. I mean, we, I mean, we can get those and get those sold very easily. Our process is in our system and our process is to make that easy on those sellers. They shouldn't have any worries or any concerns. We take care of all that and uh, it's happening. So it's not just farm and ranch, it's residential world. And also, you know, want to go into Cade Montgomery. He just got his real estate license. So these conversations that we're talking about is um kind of put yourselves in his shoes. He just got his real estate license and the amount of knowledge that he's getting and things thrown at him in a short amount of time. Kate, can you speak to that and kind of give it a little world or it's, paint the picture of what you're going through?
2: It's really been crazy. Uh, I started working with you over the summer and just immediately was into a world that I had no idea even existed just because listening and hearing y'all's conversations was just blowing my mind because there was so much more that I didn't even know existed really involved in real estate. And mm-hmm. so it's really been awesome getting to learn all of it. Being around him, he like that dude's crazy. He knows so much <laughs> about land. He'll tell you what type of flowers, what or it's just crazy being around him and listening to some of the stuff he says. Yeah, um, it's been super cool. So you you
0: kind of you know came into this like fire hydrant. You know, I guess is that you know hit you pretty hard. But we we do know that that there is an opportunity for you. You know, because you have an age group that is getting jobs out of college, you know, and you have all these opportunities with people that are buying or selling. So I got my license pretty, you know, I wasn't as young as you are, but it was amazing how quick my friends that I went to school with, or that I went, you know, were surrounded by in the community, Mm -hmm. you being born and raised in Decatur, there's a whole demographic that is your demographic that's going to be coming. And so you're hitting that market in the right time. They're all going to need to be, need to be buying houses, first time houses, Mm -hmm. or, and then after that, heck their parents may be buying land or whatever it is. So, You know, you getting your real estate license at this time might be hard because of lack of supply. Can Mm -hmm. you you kind of explain that? What have you been running into? Lack of supply is hard to buy something, isn't it?
2: Yeah, my biggest problem is finding buyers that are like serious. They will talk for a while. Like I've had several I've talked to for a month or longer and they seem serious. I'm showing properties or I'm just doing everything I can. And then out of nowhere, it's just like they just disappear or Mm -hmm. kind of give up on looking and they don't even care to look anymore. Kirsten,
0: do you have any experience with that?
1: Oh yeah.
0: I mean, speak to that. I mean, tell (laughs) him that's how that is Um, and how to overcome that.
1: So you just got to keep consistently following Mm up. Um, Sometimes, you know, you, you you just feel like you're beating a dead horse, you know, and uh, eventually they'll just pop up one day and they're ready to go. You know, it's just, they're not seeing anything but you making that consistent contact lets them know that you're there. That's what them. I've tried
2: to do a lot. So. Is I'm always trying to send a text and just trying to keep my name in their head, mm-hmm. pretty much. And even if they don't seem too interested at the moment, I'll just send them something if I see it. Or just every Monday or a couple times a week, I'm sending something. Hey, how's it going? Or how are y'all doing? Anything y'all have y'all seen anything you're interested in? Or nice. just doing as much as I can to.
0: What was that number of how many times you got to reach out to them or touch them before <laughs> they become a client? What was that? You got some training on that?
1: Um, it's like six to twelve times.
0: Six to twelve times of reaching out to them to they actually mm-hmm. consider you giving them value and you know and all that. And we've talked a lot about with you know Curtis and I've talked to uh, Kate a lot about when you call them you've got to have some experience or some knowledge you know, even Kirsten does this about houses or about land or about commercial, whatever it is. If you don't have any value to bring to the table, every time you call them, instead of just saying, you know, it is nice to say, Hey, how's your mom and them? I get that. But it's, Hey, I saw a property the other day that potentially could work. I think if you, you know, if you updated the windows or whatever, or if you, you know, if it's land, if you cut it up into two different tracks, it might pay for this place. You know, once you, and you can have half and you sell the other half, whatever it is, you know, bring that to the table and, that's value to them and that makes them trust I, you even more, and more. I
2: definitely have like started to do that more as I've gotten more comfortable talking and just listening to y'all helps me a lot because it mm-hmm. gives me a better idea of how to just talk to them and just the knowledge that y'all give to me really helps do that.
0: Well, I can't imagine what you would do if you, as a new agent in this market, how does a new real estate agent, let's just pick Wise County. How does a new real estate agent in Wise County survive in this feeding frenzy without you know somebody that has your back you know or somebody's helping you along or even hear the conversations and that um you've, you've heard some conversations with you know Curtis and I that are just big time deals and you're like I that's I, awesome you know I had that opportunity with my mother I was surrounded by it my whole entire life you know for 30 years Plus she had a real estate license and I didn't know I was hearing it growing up, but she was talking deals, driving down the road, you know, putting on, putting on her makeup on the phone, driving me to school, you know, working a deal. I mean, I'm just, I've heard all that. So you being surrounded by us should benefit you so much. And as you know, it all comes down to you and you know that, you know, that's um, it it takes a special person to have the real estate license. You've got to have that drive and network ethic. And if you don't have it, what is the, um, the percentage of failure in real estate agents. It's That's like a lot. It's, and it's only going to get worse in areas like high demand, um, you know, places. So, you know, real estate agents in town, you can reach out to me, reach out to any of us, ask a question. If you're new to you, new to all this world, we'll give you the best insight we possibly can. But I think one thing my team has is that we are really close and we check in, we speak every, to each other every week. We, we have our team meetings on Wednesdays. And kind of the ultimate goal was just for people to watch this and say, Hey, that I kind of know who the Caraway team is. Right. And uh, Kirsten had joined me from the, she was my very first agent to be on my team. And she's been with me ever since. And I believe it's been four years. So we both got our license in the same year. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then we both joined, uh, well, we were at Parker properties and I decided, Hey, I need some help. I'm not able to handle everybody that comes at my way, comes my way. Kirsten, do you want to talk? We started it. She was patient with me and loyal to me to, as as I built the systems and the processes to get to where we are now. And um, you know, you know, I'm thankful for that. I will tell you almost every day. So that's that's been a really good. Then Curtis came in end of last year. or Sorry, beginning of last year, 2021. Yeah,
3: yeah, tw- yeah the end yeah. of 2020.
0: But. End of 2020, beginning of 2021. Spent a whole year together. Um, his 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 he took the escalator you know, to the top because he work ethic and, and, um, knowledge and just coming off of your years of experience and other avenues that actually ended up correlating back into real estate was actually probably one of the coolest success stories I've seen in a very long time. So absolutely, you know, I'm proud of you and I'm you know, thankful for you to be a part of the team and, um, you know, and now we got Cade first, first month agent and here we go. Let's see what happens. And that's going to be exciting to watch him grow. So.
3: I, w- I will throw one thing out there. If you, uh, if you've had a bad experience with realtors, there's a lot of realtors out there. And so, um, I've helped a number of people who thought they were burned out on them. And then, you know, I talked to them, I bring to light things that they wouldn't have seen where they were ready to make an offer or something like that. And I was acting as a buyer's agent. And then they're, they're like hesitant because they've had bad experiences, you know, it, some people are, I mean, we're really there to help you. And other people may try to think that they're there to help you as well. But using somebody who has a knowledge base to fall back on, if I have a question, I can ask Kason or Kirsten. And likewise, they do I. And same thing with Cade. I mean, like, yeah, he may be fairly new at this game. But, you know, if if you're talking to Cade and he's not sure, he has avenues, he has resources to go to and – um especially, you know, I haven't been local for too long, but I know a lot about Wise County and I know a lot about Montague County. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, finding somebody who who has their basis covered in and being able to, to find out the information, because that's, that's what our job is, is, right. is to find that out. Nobody needs to be trying to represent themselves if they can, if they can, um, you know, you someone who's got some experience, got some knowledge, and it doesn't cost them anything. Absolutely. I
0: mean, look what Kate has in his back pocket. He has Curtis, Kirsten, Kaysen in our, you know, my consultant and our transaction manager, Joy Rhodes. I mean, that she's outstanding. I mean, she's going to be there always to help you. And shout out to her. We wouldn't be able to run our Caraway team without her on the back end everybody know you may not see her face, but I'm just telling you that there's a back end to all this game that she helps us so tremendously. So, you know, Cade and I were talking about with um, buyers, they think that they're going to get a deal by not using a realtor, mm-hmm. but the real estate commission is paid by the seller. So if you're representing, if you have a buyer that's, you know, Hey, I don't, don't want I didn't want to use a realtor cause I don't want to, you know, not get a deal or whatever it was that seller is going to get, that seller agent is going to get six percent or three percent and three mm-hmm. percent anyways. Why not give three percent to the buyer's agent like Cade, and who's yeah, going to have your back
2: exactly? And the amount of knowledge on our from that's available at our team is more than um, I just think you're going to get from a, just a seller, the seller's agent, and uh, Keep completely
0: correct. I mean, you're you're not going to get. why would that seller agent give you all that extra insight or extra knowledge if they don't have to, you know, they don't, they have intermediary role. They're neutral in the situation. They can't give insight to one person or the other, or they are, you know, you know, not following the Mm -hmm. code of ethics and, and they're breaking, breaking that rule basically. So bring a realtor in on your back end on the, on the uh, buying side and you shouldn't make a mistake. And that's Putting a lot of pressure on the buyer's agent, but there's a lot of times to do due, due, due diligence to make sure that the buyer agent is protecting that buyer. The seller is not going to do that for you, yeah. so
1: even on new construction.
0: Oh my gosh, You need
1: to be represented.
0: Why? Why? Where does that happen so far? It's been like it seems like the seller. Let's put that back in perspective here. The builders are not utilizing realtors near as much as that what we were doing three two to three years ago. It's like all of, a t- all of a sudden a switch because of high demand, people are going straight to the builder. Mm-hmm. But what's some of the stories you're hearing of why you say you need buyer's representation to go through, even through a builder?
1: Um, They they just think they're going to get a better deal if if they don't have. And they're just so trusting. Yeah. So they
0: <laughs> trust the builder. Yeah. And then what's some of the things that have you seen happen that, you know, like, they, like, is there no inspection, there's no due diligence. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing that's coming up?
1: Um, a lot of builders, you know, different builders require different deposits. Okay. Um, we just need to keep them safe. If, you Protect know. that deposit
0: mm-hmm. so if, if they backed out. So if you're not having any, so that, whether there be a deposit, earnest money or whatever, if you back out of the contract and you don't have a realtor watching out through that contract, right. those terms of that contract, you potentially could lose out on that deposit or that earnest money. But it, as a real estate agent, our one of our number one jobs is to protect that earnest money or those terms of those contracts. We're always checking those terms to make sure that we're in line with what's on the contract because if we were outside of those terms, you have the chance to lose money that a buyer agent could have protected you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't, we're don't. we not doing it for just the commission at the end of the day. We're there to try to make sure that those terms are all met. And if at the end of it we meet them and we did our job, then we get paid outstanding. We did our job. Great. We'll take the check, but more likely than not, if you're not having somebody watch it, there's going to be some things that are not are getting missed. And then if you try to get out of the contract, then you don't have a way out and you lost mm-hmm. your money. You lost your deposit and your earnest money. So that's-
3: I'll say one thing, if you're a seller and you watch it this long, then, you know, we can get your attention, I guess. <laughs> so at the same time, uh, you know, we move a lot of properties. Uh, we sell a lot of properties, both from the buyer side that we've talked about today, but also on the listing side. I mean, we've got uh, we have twenty three contracts right now that are that are going on uh, within the team. I think mm-hmm. is what we looked at earlier, and it's like twenty three listings about to be over thirty six. Yeah, so we're we have a lot of listings, and it's probably close to half and half as far as what is buying side and what's selling side. So, um, you know, we cover both sides is all I'm saying.
0: Right. Um, We're not just seller agents. We're not just buyers agents. We do both. And we actually have some commercial listings. and and one thing that Curtis told me from the very beginning that, you know, if he, and I'm going to say this cause you said this, but if it wasn't for the marketing that you've seen that, you know, my team does or Kason does, it would be hard for you to even know if you would have done this, done this job because he was like man i i don't see a lot of other marketing like that it's it's if you're going to get exposure we're going to sell a lot of properties because of marketing and that's a standard that we have set going forward as as that you know that every listing is going to be pushed and marketed to its fullest because it pays dividend it it works like we get attention i Cade saw how much exposure was on my Mm -hmm. facebook page Right now, and it's through the roof because of branded film and media as well. But it's because of the content that we put out. It's it's we push these properties. We try everything we can to maximize that seller's asset by getting you know engagement and exposure on those listings. So if you just throw it on MLS, you're getting this much exposure. But we utilize Lands of Texas, we utilize our website, we use Facebook, YouTube, all this gives you extra that another realtor maybe just throwing it on MLS we're spending more money, but we're getting, I mean no, know, 10 times the exposure in my opinion. I don't know the, the exact data, but it works. We're selling properties and we can do it. And we're still doing it. So, um, you know, that's always encouraged me Curtis is that, you know, Hey, if it wasn't for your marketing, I don't think I'd, you know, probably still doing that or I wouldn't come over and switch jobs or whatever. I was thinking about that a lot, but in Kirsten, um, our residential, I think we had some requests that we need to do more, video tours of houses you know we kind of get away from that sometimes so we need to get that on the schedule and do more walk through videos and stuff so because we do so many for the land but we need to do more residential i just hadn't had, haven't had a ton of residential we need inventory listings. yeah so guys thanks for your time I really uh, appreciate it kate thanks for joining us this is um your first podcast ever and it is. it's just a conversation just uh you know it's nothing more than that and i kind of letting people get to know us and kirsten didn't really want to do it but i made her do it and here she is and she's glad she did right oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right here we go thanks for joining us this is the caraway team podcast you met the team and uh, we appreciate your time thank you